Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving, goal-oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 113, Interview with Client Mara. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited today to have Mara on. Mara is currently in my Stop Over Drinking and Start Living program and fairly new still. She's just in month three. We have a six-month coaching program. And as the universe loves to do, (laughs) she posted in our private Facebook group today um, asking to be on the podcast. And it just so happened that I didn't have a topic for this week. And so I reached out to her. I'm like, how would you like to make that dream come true today? And it just happened that we both had availability. And so here we are on the podcast. Welcome, Mara. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. So I just, I think you're a perfect example of somebody that I would love to have on the podcast. You've had amazing success since you've joined. So before we get into that, though, I want the listeners to understand a little bit about you and where you were like in your life and what was happening for you um, when you found me and decided to join the program. So just kind of share a little bit about where you were a few months ago. Yeah. So um, when COVID started, I um, went from being a probably slightly drinking a little bit too much wine and wishing sometimes I could cut back a little bit to really diving in. I mean, I think, you know, it was hard. It was emotional. Um, We weren't going anywhere, right? The whole, like many nights we were busy driving kids around. So that just sort of created a need to not drink those evenings to nowhere to go. And what, what was a maybe three to four day a week habit turned into five to six really fast. And it just became a daily thing. And then the snacking became way more intense than I normally like it to be. And so COVID just really sent me into a spiral. And I was basically double fisting sugar and and wine. And I'm a fitness instructor. I've always been pretty, tried to be pretty healthy. Wine was sort of my bad go-to and bad, if you want to call it that, go-to. When I was feeling like I really wanted to let loose and it just became way too, too much through COVID. And I just got to the point where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and feeling sorry for myself and everybody around me all the time because COVID stunk. And I don't like to not feel good. That's not, Mm -hmm. that's not how I operate. I generally can pull myself out of those funks pretty fast, but this one was a bit of an exception and I just knew I needed to, to do something. And I'd had no idea what, um, I knew it wasn't going to be traditional diets because I learned a long time ago, even though I kept doing it, that they don't work. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about like what you would think. So like, would you, were you trying to like, when you're in the throes of this, like recognizing that you're doing too much drinking, too much snacking, that you weren't feeling good. Would you tell yourself in the morning, like, I'm not going to do that tonight. Like, tell me like some of those thought patterns that you were having then. Yeah, absolutely. It was every morning of, you know, I'm not going to drink and snack like I did last night. Um, We're going to start over this. Today's going to be the day. And then that, you know, three or four o'clock would roll around and I would start thinking about it probably even before then, if I'm being honest, but, and then, um, it would just be like, all right, well, it's been a long day. Let's, let's go ahead and do this again. And so 
it was just on, on repeat. And, um, and then the self-loathing and the frustration would kick in and then that doesn't feel good. And I, you know, I never considered myself a big buffer a person that buffered with food and alcohol, but mm-hmm. boy, I sure proved myself wrong with that theory <laughs> when things got really hard. I mean, I'm somebody that's worked hard my whole life. I make things happen. I've always been a big believer in you create your own luck. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I've had a very charmed life in a lot of ways because I've worked really hard to make that happen. And when things just felt so out of control with COVID, I think I just didn't quite handle it well. Yeah. So how did you, did you find the podcast first or how did you find me? Um, Facebook. And I'm probably because I was having a discussion with my husband or somebody else and, you know, our phones listen to us. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I remember seeing an ad pop up on Facebook and then I remember. And then I signed up for the wine free work week. That was the initial um, on that started on November 29th. And it seemed kind of scary. Um, I remember being a little bit nervous about it, but just thinking it's four or five days. Like, my gosh, if I can't do that, I'm in really big trouble. So I was pretty, pretty set on that that week. And then it's just funny to see the steps that have progressed since then. Yeah. So what do you think you learned in that wine free work week? like about your habits and what was going on, like your thoughts and your feelings, like, what do you think you discovered there? Well, even though I wasn't fully understanding this concept of, you know, the model of the circumstance to the thought, to the feeling, to the action, to the result, um, I didn't understand the full impact of it, but it did click with me. It made sense. And, you know, one moment I would think this makes complete sense. Of course, your thoughts create your actions. And the next one, I'm like, whatever, if it were that easy, everybody would be happy, right? And thin and (laughs) sober. So um, I, but it it was, it clicked enough that I thought, I think I can buy into this. I think, I think I believe this. And so each, each night when, or each, you know, session that week, it clicked a little more and it clicked a little more. That's awesome. And you, Mm -hmm. you, did you make it through the full four days without drinking? Yeah, that was on, that started on November 29th and I haven't had anything to drink since then actually. And that was not, not my intention. My intention was to do the week and then I would add a little more and then I would add a little more. And Mm -hmm. now it's just, it pretty quickly, the urges went away. I was really surprised by that. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. learning about the urges and understanding them, um, and the discomfort, uh, I never imagined it would be that quick that I just would lose interest in it. Yeah. It's amazing, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) So what made you decide to like go further besides just the challenge and and sign up for the six month program? Yeah, I was based on the wine free work week. I was doing some journaling and in, in a couple of the journal entries, um, I remember writing something like, what if this is it? What if this is the thing that I've been looking for? Why it was just pulling me, um, toward Mm -hmm. your view and your program. And I was, I was really believing what I was hearing and feeling and talked to my husband about it. And I, I would say his response was neutral, right? And I kind of wanted more than that. I'm like, why do I care what he thinks? I have the money to do this. And by the way, if an, even if I didn't have cash in the bank for it, if you if I'm spending three, four, five hundred dollars a month on wine that and it cuts back significantly, this thing is gonna pay for itself pretty fast. Not to mention yeah. all the other ancillary benefits of it that I don't even know how you begin to put a price on that. I mean, the only problem now is. I'm down almost 20 pounds and I'm going to have to buy new clothes. So I will take that problem <laughs> any day. I'll find the money for that. Just like I found the money for this. But, um, and, you know, I think there were, I started to replay 
and I told my husband this recently, it was really hard to say it out loud, but I'm glad I did. Prior to this, over the course of the last few years, even prior to COVID, I can think of three or four times, one particularly, we were on vacation in Arizona this past fall to kind of do a COVID safe getaway. And I remember waking up one morning in Arizona thinking, this trip would be so much better if I weren't drinking. Like, I just don't even like how I feel right now. I don't like how I felt the last eight months. And um, it wasn't the first time I thought to myself, if I just took wine out of my life, I think I would have a better life. And I remember writing that in the journal during the wine free work week. And that was probably the fourth or fifth time that thought had occurred to me. Mm. So it was just, those seeds had been planted without me even knowing you were who you were yeah, or the program prior to that. So um, I remember I, I posted this on the Facebook page, but I remember in writing in my journal, the, the day I filled out the forms, like there was just something that was so strong in me saying, this is the right thing to do this is going to be it. This is the pivotal moment in my life. And we might argue that I thought it, so it happened, but it did. And I believed very deeply in it. Yeah. I'm so glad you listened to that. So many mm-hmm. people don't, right? Like they want to, they want to believe, right? Or they're like, yes, this could work for me. And then they get scared. The, the yeah. idea of going through the process in which I talk about learning how to feel your feelings and like getting to the root of why you're drinking in the first place and like solving that, it's not really so much about the drinking, is it, right? It's about right. what we're what we're covering up in our life that we don't like. Um, Absolutely. They don't want to dig into that, right? Like that sounds scary to people because they don't know what's there right. and they don't really want to find out. And the idea of doing that is so unknown to some people that they'd rather just stay in the comfort of knowing what they do know. And that even though it's painful to be somebody that over drinks all the time, it's, it's something that they're familiar with, but the unknown of doing that work is sometimes for our brains, like, oh my gosh, no, that sounds too hard. And then they, they, they make that decision to stay safe or they listen to their objections about it being too expensive or my, you know, my husband isn't going to be on board or my friends all drink or, you know, all of those things that you are now very familiar with. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And those were all going through my head when I sent you the email and we were, you know, we had talked on the phone. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing, you know, and you you talk a lot about this is there is really the only kind of mainstream way of cutting back or quitting drinking is AA or rehab. Right. And I have plenty of people in my life that have experienced that. Right. And I see the damage it does. And I, I just never associated myself with, with those individuals or never um, related to that. Right. Like I tried to be support and I'm very familiar with the program and, and um, you know, have attended an AA meeting as a support to someone else, but the, it, it was just like, well, if, if I'm not that, then what am I? Cause there's really no alternative. I mean, it, I've always wondered to myself, how do we have, you know, the diet industry and you know, as well as I did, cause you rattled it off. There are 8,000 programs for people that want to diet. Why is there in mainstream society only one program for people that want to cut back? And in that case, it has to be quitting, right? It's an all or nothing thing. And it's fascinating to me that I, you know, had no idea that anything else like this could exist. And I didn't want that label of I'm an alcoholic. I don't believe I'm an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I just was somebody that loves feeling good and it wasn't serving me anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so like, and just knowing that you're not alone too, right? Like I'm sure being in that wine-free work week challenge probably exposed yourself to, oh my gosh, I'm not the only person that's sort of like in this mid-level place where it's like, I don't want to be, you know, say I'm going to stop drinking forever, put a label on myself, say I'm powerless. 
And I'm just interested in learning more and like becoming really it's about becoming unemotionally attached to it, like navigating your life without needing alcohol to make it better or to escape from it. Absolutely. And it was consuming a lot of my thoughts from, I want it to, I'm, I feel guilty. I have it. When is, you know, when, what am I, when we go on vacation, what activities can we plan that will be involved drinking? And it's just so freeing to not even think that way. When I was driving home from meeting a friend in Wisconsin last weekend, I drove by a couple of signs that said Wisconsin vineyards, which let's be honest, I'm sure it's not great wine. It's in Wisconsin, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I thought to myself, I remember driving home from Chicago with my family multiple years ago and everyone we drove by, I thought, oh, I wish we could stop by there. And just thinking now, like it didn't even occur to me. I mean, no, I, I had a great weekend, not drinking with my friend and I'm going to go back and have a great day with my family, not feeling crummy and tired. Yeah. So, so good. So what do you think is something like, since you've joined the program is like your biggest, like thing that you uncovered about unraveling this? Biggest thing that I have uncovered. I mean, I think leaning into the discomfort. Um, and what's exciting to me about that is how it can apply to so many areas of my life. So the initial leaning into the discomfort is feeling the urge, feeling the discomfort, whether it's watching someone else have a glass of wine or seeing even a you know, advertising on TV or a TV show, which you, know, you really realize how many TV shows show women drinking, right? Mm-hmm. Women in particular. Um, and just accepting that discomfort and breathing through it and recognizing it. And then each time how, how quickly it decreased, right? And that could, that could apply to difficult conversations. I've had difficult conversations with my job all the time. Um, there's always a discomfort there, no matter how good I think I am at it. Now I can lean into that even more or tough conversation with my husband or, um, you know, I'm not probably not going to go to a tiny house with composting <laughs> like you did, but, but in the same way, um, even this past weekend, when we were, I was meeting a friend in Wisconsin, the resort where we were staying just had zippo concern about COVID mm-hmm. people serving the food, didn't have masks. And I, I kind of laughed. I thought about you because I probably, you know, I wanted to stomp over to the manager and I wanted to cause a huge ruckus and I wanted to get my money back and, and, my girlfriend and I just decided, you know what, we're just going to pivot. We're going to find somewhere else to go. We're going to go for walks. We're going to, we ended up having a blast. We just avoided the common areas of the hotel. We felt that discomfort and just figured out something else. And it was kind of a non-issue. So it's that leaning into some of that, that I think the, it's a, it's a muscle, right. That you just keep working and you get stronger with it. Yes. I love too, that you, part of that is leaning into the discomfort and then choosing how you want to show up differently instead of just letting yourself being angry about the hotel and the people not wearing masks, you didn't ask them to change, but you changed the way you were thinking about it so that you could get a different outcome. Right. Right. Like you coached yourself in that moment to still have exactly what you wanted a great time with your friend and keep yourself safe without asking other circumstances to change. I think in the past for me, especially if that was in that situation, I would have felt so entitled to go up there and raise this big old scene, ask for a refund or a free night and just like spin out about it. And then I'll be like, and now I need a drink. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and right. then that would have been like the drama of the weekend. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But you, you like, how do you think that, like, what tool do you feel like helped you the most to pivot there and create the experience that you wanted to, regardless of what was happening at the hotel? Well, I think the fact that I wasn't drinking, oh. just period, you know, because if I'd had a few into yes. it, you know, 
one of two things would have happened. Either I would have been more emboldened or would have let my guard down. Right. Mm -hmm. And we would have maybe sat in this super packed bar where nobody had, because we would have been a two, you know, two or three in. And then then the next morning, not only feeling that, that frustration of why did I have that last glass of wine I didn't need, but holy cow, what did I just expose my to? And now I'm going to go back and bring my family direct exposure just because I felt the need to sit in a Wisconsin bar when we could have sat in the room quite in quite a nice conversation. So, um, I think just more clear headed. Yeah. So because you weren't under the influence, you were able to make those decisions less from being under the influence and recognizing that it's okay to be uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. So, yeah, I mean, I say this all the time. It's like what you learn here to stop over drinking is applied in all the areas, right? Like you're just, tell me more about that. Like, tell me more about what other improvements you've had and, and a little bit about where you are right now with alcohol as well. Yeah. So I, again, my intention was not to quit drinking, um, but I haven't, I just haven't since March 1st, since November 29th. So almost three months. Um, and it's just an absolute lack of interest. Like I just really don't care and I'm around it a lot more so now that Minnesota has opened up bars and restaurants a little more and we're going on vacation. And I can't wait to have a vacation without alcohol. I just think it's been so fun and I'm really looking forward to embracing that. Um, and I've been doing my journaling every day and um, I, you know, I probably write out the thought model in scenario in, at least once or twice a day, whether it's in my journaling in the morning or just throughout the day, I'll quick stop and jot something down related to work or to my family or anything, um, food. I mean, all of it, it, it's just something that I'm able to use in all those areas of my life. But my specific reason initially was to cut back on the drinking and to lose the weight. And I figured as soon as I cut back on the drinking, the weight would come off pretty quickly mm-hmm. because I was consuming, you know, tons of calories. And I, I remember in your, um, one of your weight loss podcasts or, or sessions that I listened to talking about, you know, what the alcohol does to the system that basically prevents yourself from losing weight and, or, you mm-hmm. know, efficiently you, the way your body uses fuel because it has to process the alcohol first. And so I knew all that I'm in the, you know, I'm in the fitness industry. I've read enough on it. Um, but just also not doing all the snacking and, um, kind of punish. you know, you sort of almost realize you like punish yourself with the food because you punished yourself with the alcohol. I didn't even realize I was doing that. Yeah. It's wild, isn't it? It's just almost mm-hmm. like you buffer with more things. And, and for listeners that don't know what buffering is, if this is your first episode, you might want to go back and listen to some of them, <laughs> but buffering is basically when, you use food or alcohol or Netflix or shopping or scrolling on Facebook to escape some sort of negative emotion that you don't like. So a lot of people do it with boredom, anxiety, um, frustration, anger, overwhelm. Those are some of the common ones. Um, Hopelessness is big, especially in the time of COVID or being unsure about things. When you have those types of emotions, we don't like that as humans. So we tend to want to find a little hit of pleasure. And so we look for things like food, alcohol, everything I just mentioned to give us that little boost of feeling better. And um, so that's what Mara means when she says buffering, but yeah, like when we, when we're in that cycle of buffering, that's why like when we wake up the next morning with the frustration of Mm -hmm. overeating and over drinking again, we, then we need another hit at the end of the day, because we don't like feeling that frustration either. So, um, basically what happens is we just, we like 
are going into the eating and drinking with that level of frustration. So it's not even like it, we're really enjoying it. Does that make sense? Right. That's yeah, like what you're saying, right? It's like, we're kind of punishing ourselves. Well, it doesn't matter. I, it's just like, and then when you're doing it and you're actually thinking I shouldn't be doing this and then we need to buffer that again, right? Like we just need to keep dampening that frustration down in the moment when we're drinking, you know, yep. it's, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> it absolutely yeah. is. So tell us how it's different. The life coaching versus something that you would plan or follow like a program. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I, I remember early on with some of the weight loss sessions you were doing, getting a little bit mad, like, just tell me, just tell me what to eat, please. <laughs> um, because frankly, that's easier. Right. And you know, with the saving energy, right. It's the, right. It's, the, it's the, uh, oh my gosh, what's it called? The motivational triad. Yeah. It's the motivational triad. And, um, it does force you to slow down and say, okay, this is, that's not what it is about. And that's when it, I remember when it finally clicked, like, how can it not be about the food? Oh, wait, it isn't about the food. It's about figuring out where this is coming from. What are my thoughts creating? And, you know, the self-love piece has been really important to me to understand, like, what is a loving act toward myself, right? Like, and I, sure, I like to get massages and I like to get manicures and all that kind of stuff, but I, that's what I always put in the self-love bucket. Mm -hmm. No, this is more about like, what am I doing to really fill my tank and um, give myself permission to be who the best me I can be and show up the way that I want to show up that I'm proud to show up every day. And there are certain things that just don't allow me to do that. Overeating, over drinking, over buffering with, you know, tea and all that kind of stuff. And so um, seeing that and having that connect has really been powerful. And that's just, you don't get that from Weight Watchers or, you know, shakes or anything like that. It's just goes so much beyond that. Mm -hmm. And the uh, tools that can be applied for life. Like, are you really going to drink two shakes for the rest of your life? Like, that's the kind of thing that, you know, you have to think about with some of these programs of no, but I can, these tools I can use forever. They're not even time consuming. Yeah. Journaling for 15 minutes is not time consuming. I've worked out every day since I was 14 for the most part. That's not, that's not time consuming to me. That's like brushing my teeth. It's who right. I am. Like, why can't this, this 15 minutes of journaling be part of that and processing those feelings? I think it's going to be, I, I can already feel like it's going to become second nature. Yeah. It will just, I won't even realize I'm doing it as I'm working through in my head or on paper, the, um, the thought model. Yeah. Have you missed a day of doing it? Not a day. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I get up early. And that's the other thing that has shifted. I used to be a really early morning person. I plan my day. I get my workouts in and, um, COVID just <laughs> kind of threw me for that as well. And now I'm back to my husband and I are both up at five 30. One of us or both of us work out. I do my journaling. I plan my day and it just sets the tone, which has always been who I am. COVID. I just let COVID take over for too long. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I mean, that's what I feel like about my, like I, I journal, I don't say, I mean, I 95% of the time I get up and do thought work. I journal, I visualize myself in the future. Like I go through all the, the motions that I talk to you all about all the time. And if I don't do it, I feel like it wasn't, it was like, I didn't brush my teeth mm -hmm. or like how I feel if I don't exercise for two days in a row, it just, I feel off. I feel kind of like, Ooh, 
you know, so like, I'm sure it will happen Well, you'll have a day where you don't do it. Um, and you'll notice that, right. It's like, something's missing. Yeah. I look, I start looking so forward to it the night before Mm -hmm. and I have my good cup of coffee and I'm alone. You know, it's my time in in my house by myself, my husband, even if he's up, he's in a different room Mm -hmm. and it's just such a great, great way to start the day. So fun. So what do you want to tell people that are thinking about this or have been listening to the podcast or on the fence about committing to six months and, and doing this work? Like, what do you feel like maybe you didn't know as you were considering this decision that you wish um, I could have communicated better about what's inside or what happens inside the program? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's not a huge time commitment. Um, it certainly has an emotional commitment to it, but you're, there's so much return on that investment whether it's the money or the time and the emotional energy that goes into it. I mean, the return is, is tenfold. I think the other thing that might help people is yes, it's six months. And I even remember asking you and I'm guessing you get this a lot. Like, can I just pay month by month? And mm. you're like, no. Mm-mm. And I, and I, I'm glad, you know, I think there is something to be said for putting some skin in the game, but I think if people can, if, if people can just get past that and think, you know, I don't, don't even think about it in six month increments, think about it in even a week at a time, right? That's just how I had to start it is, for this week, I'm going to do this. And then the next, then the next week rolled around and I plan my week ahead. So if you just think of it in smaller chunks, it doesn't feel maybe quite so overwhelming. And then the next thing, you know, you're three months in and you've made this amazing progress. But, um, I think that helped me. I pretty quickly just quit thinking of it in terms of six months and where's the end date and what does the finish line have to look like? Mm -hmm. And just, just embraced how every day felt and work the, you know, I plan, do my plan every morning and work the plan for that day and then do it again the next day. So good. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your results that you have. You posted in the Facebook group. Do you happen to have that up? That, that post that I you put probably, in? There? I can probably find it. Yeah. Um, so some of my, um, I guess most, what I would call powerful, uh, I mean, I've lost almost 20 pounds, um, which, um, Yes, that's awesome. And I'm super excited about it. I think the other thing that's really fascinating about it though, is the weight that I, as of this morning, the weight that I'm at is a weight I've only really only seen one other time as an adult probably. And I still want to go a little lower. And up until this, I would not have even allowed myself to think I could go lower than this because I couldn't have sustained, um, in my mind, I didn't think I could sustain that number and still lead the wine life to mm-hmm. quote you that I thought was so important to me. Mm-hmm. And now it doesn't even occur to me. I'm like, yeah, I can get to that and I'm going to maintain it because I'm committed and I'm not living that life anymore. I'm not living an ice cream life or a wine life, or a, I believe maybe brownie batter life. I'm not even <laughs> sure where that came from, but I can envision where that came from. I um, love that you quote my old podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I had like eight hours in the car this past weekend. I listened to a lot of them. <laughs> um, it was great. It was a great way to, to spend the time. Um, and so that's one of them. Um, you know, I've been a lifelong nail chewer, um, nail mm-hmm. or skin picking. And um, I noticed it would get way worse the more I drank. And I haven't it hasn't been an issue in like two or three months. And for anyone that struggles with that bad habit, you know how self-conscious you are, right? And um, I would try to get regular manicures and they would last about three days where they would look good. And then the next thing I know, I'm yanking and tugging at them. Um, That's been huge. And I think that's the anxiety piece. My anxiety went from 
probably an eight to a two um, mm-hmm. for sure. And that has allowed me to show up very differently with my family, more patience with my kids, more patience with my husband. Um, I'm picking and choosing my battles with my husband much better. Like you talk about the taking the garbage out or why, you know, why is everything fall on me? Why can't everybody do things when yes. I want to do them? Um, I definitely have backed off on that a little bit um, and stopped running around screaming everybody like a lunatic, which is a really <laughs> nice perk of that. Um, I'm sleeping better. I have more energy. My workouts are I like love how I feel with my workouts now. Um, I would say not that I was having joint problems, but I know when I'm inflamed, I mean, that's, again, I'm pretty in tune with, with how I feel. Mm-hmm. And I could tell my, after so much sugar and wine for so long, my knees were feeling that inflammation and yeah. that all went away. Um, from, I think a combination of both of those things, which again, makes my workouts better. makes me more excited to try to do some 10 Ks this summer, assuming there are 10 Ks, uh, races being held. Um, I'm trying to find my, from my list I, of my, I found things. it. I found Did it. You? Yeah. Do you want me to read it? Sure. Okay. So Mara, we have this private Facebook group that comes with, uh, the six month coaching program for people just inside of it. And, you know, I encourage y'all to post in there, ask for coaching, ask for support and, and celebrate our successes. That's a huge part of it. Right. So Mara, um, wrote, as I was driving home from my trip with my friend, I was listening to Angela's podcast and reflecting on my progress. When I got home, I pulled out my original journal from the week of November 29th. I'm probably going to start crying. (laughs) This was the wine-free work week challenge right before I signed up for the program. Below is the journal entry that morning after I filled out the forms and the day I was speaking to Angela to sign up. As I was, in quotes, as I was filling out the form for the program, I just kept thinking this could be the pivotal moment in my life. Like when I look back at this moment, sitting on my basement couch with butterflies in my stomach and filling out the forms, this will change my life. I don't know what I'm getting into, but I know with all my being that this is the right choice. That was December 7th. Below is what has changed. My craving for wine went from nine to a one. I quit chewing my nails, a lifetime habit, down 17 pounds. Anxiety went from an eight to a two. Workouts are way way better, sleeping better, more energy, more confident, more productive, more patience with my family, more gratitude. My relationship with my husband is better. No fogginess, more present in each moment of the day. I think it's safe to say that following my instincts on this and committing to the work has paid off. Angela, I can't thank you enough. You've helped me change my life forever. And I can't wait to see what else I add to the list. Yeah, that's it. It's all true. It's all true. I mean, and I just feel like we're just going to keep, at, I'm just going to keep adding things and I don't know where this is all going to take me. I'm not overly concerned about that right now, but I keep growing and I keep learning and I keep developing skills that I know are going to, going to serve me long-term and I'm sharing it with my family. I mean, I'm excited to see where, as I talk to my kids about this, you know, what they continue to learn from, from me on this and my husband and yeah, it's just incredible. I love it. What do you think contributes to your success? Like, do you feel like there's something in you that you have? that you've identified that helps you be successful when you go after things like this? I'm pretty driven. Um, I have been, my, <laughs> my parents will tell you stories when I was a kid, I was pretty driven then too. Um, I like being the best at everything I do. And so I'm pretty competitive that way. Um, so, you know, my, my <laughs> like to be your star pupil is definitely in there somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I also just, you know, I'm a big believer in like, go big or go home. Like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it right. And, um, 
where I'm not going to bother, right? Like yeah. that's just how I, how I operate mm-hmm. probably to my own detriment at times, which is probably why I <laughs> like drank too much at times. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just got, I am very focused on what I want and I go after my, my goals. And mm-hmm. this was one that I just, it maybe came at the right time. I mean, I, I do think timing is an important aspect yeah. in this, but, um, yeah, it just was time. And I had, you know, I, it's funny. I was not, I'm not afraid to talk to people about this. That never bothered me. Um, pretty quickly. I was like, screw that. And I, I was laughing. I was telling my girlfriend this weekend, like what other drug of choice, right? When you tell people, and I think you've said this to Angela that I'm cutting back or quitting makes people feel uncomfortable. Like if I had met my girlfriend at our getaway this weekend and said, Hey, I'm not going to do this line of Coke today. I hope that's okay. <laughs> like, it sounds absurd when you say it that way, right? Like, I'm not going to shoot a heroin all weekend just to hang out with you. Like, and yet when you say, I, I mean, the, the discomfort I have, I have noticed in people and, you know, again, I'm not even seeing everybody yet because Minnesota's mm-hmm. not fully opened up. I'm not going into the office, but um, it really, and, and I just learned pretty quickly, like this discomfort is not about me. This is about what people are thinking about their own drinking. Yes. And it, I, and I can't control that. It's, I'm, I just refuse to take any of that on mm-hmm. as my own. That is them. And, and I think even my willing, my unwillingness to take that on and just to state it and move on does get them past it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been easy for me. I mean, I'm an only child. I do have a little bit of selfishness in me. So it's probably <laughs> served me well in this case too. Like take it or leave it. I feel good about my decision. If you don't, that's your problem, not mine. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. One of the, I was talking with uh, one of our other members recently too. And one thing that I noticed about myself and my, how I've had massive success in stopping over drinking, losing weight, building my business, improving my relationships, all those things is like, when I hear something or I'm learning from somebody, I go and I apply it immediately. And I feel like you are that way. Like you listen to a podcast and you're like, that's a good idea. I'm doing that today and you apply it instead of just absorbing and listening and be like, Oh, that's a good idea. I should do that. You do it. Do you feel like that's true in other areas of your life as well? Absolutely. I have a tremendous sense of urgency. Um, I do believe in instant (laughs) in some delayed gratification, but for the most part, I just like, I'm not patient. So I want it and I want it now and we're going to go. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've read, I have my little books here. I've read a ton of the books. I mean, I started with the happier hour, but I've read mm-hmm. fair and I've read the happier hour, um, follow-up. I can't remember what it's called. I just finished last night. I finished lush, which was mm-hmm. really, int- really interesting. I, she was probably the one I didn't relate to the most because really her addiction was more about sex addiction, which was mm-hmm. really fascinating. I'm glad I read it, but I've gotten into all the books. I just love reading about what was going on, particularly with women, successful women, all of these women, despite mm-hmm. Yeah. what they were doing to themselves were still really successful. I mean, and I think that's the other thing that really spoke to me when I first listened to you, you know, badass women, working moms, like these were my people, right? And maybe we're all at slightly different stages of our lives, but for the most part, I connected with that message too, of like, this is going to be people that are really in the same situation. I mean, a lot of the people in our group have had good professional success. There are a lot of moms in there and that it that clicked with me as well yeah all right so this was amazing thank you so much for people thank that you. are just podcast listeners you know for them like what do you think the biggest piece of advice 
or they're in the program league, what do you think is one thing that they could do that would make the biggest impact? Yeah, I think, um, I think the thought work and really embracing this idea that your thoughts create results because um, they do. And um, if you, you know, if you can find a way to really recognize that and try it, try it on, try on the different thoughts. I mean, I think for people who think, well, how can I go from this is horrible to everything's rosy? That's not, that's not what this is about. It's about saying, okay, this is horrible. Doesn't feel good. So let me just run two or three different scenarios to get, what if I just get to neutral in this particular instance, right? That even can get you a really, really long way. And specifically with thoughts about yourself. And I mean, women are just so, we're so hard on ourselves. Gosh, if anyone ever talked to someone else, the way we talk to ourselves, like you get, you'd get kicked out of a restaurant for talking like that. You'd get kicked out of school for talking like that to somebody else. It's just horrific. And I think stopping that, if not, if you do nothing else but stop that cycle in your head, all of the positive things that come from that are extremely powerful. It's so good. And I absolutely agree with you that <laughs> the one thing, like if I were to say one thing is believe that it's possible. Think I can do this yep. and think it every fucking day, like mm-hmm. all day long. And just yep. watch the little shifts that can then happen in your life. Yep. When you start to decide to believe, not even just, I'm going to believe it, but just make the decision to believe that it is possible for you. Like that can open up so many ideas and doors and possibilities for you that we don't even know. Right. Yeah. In all the areas of your life. Yes. Not just in over drinking or yes. overeating in all the areas of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Thank you so much. Is there anything that you wanted to say that we didn't cover that you feel like you need to tell people? No, I think maybe the one other thing would be, you know, when I initially talked to you and I was a little, I guess I wasn't certain exactly how the, how the, how the program worked. And, um, I, you know, I assumed it was one-on-one coaching. And then when I found out it was in kind of these more small group settings and when I've, tra- when I've described it to other people, they're like, Ooh, isn't that, you know, kind of intimidating or isn't that weird to have other people hear what you're talking about. And I, um, I initially thought, Hmm, is it going to be weird? And I just have loved it. I mean, I, you, this group is so accepting and so kind and so supportive and everybody is dealing with so many of the same things. So you don't feel, I mean, it is a little vulnerable to say things out loud, whether it's just to you privately or to a small group of people, but it doesn't feel that way at all. It just feels like all you're going to get is just these warm, virtual warm hugs and vibes that come back at you. And that hearing what somebody else had to say, it is to your point, you don't feel so, so alone, right? I mean, hearing someone else that you identify with, oh, they're successful. They've got this great thing going, but God, they have those same thoughts. Who would have, who would have thunk, right? I mean, I just thought I was here by myself playing these horrible scenarios out of my head. And what I found out is there's this, this group. So the, the model is really exciting. I wasn't sure what to think of it at first. And I quickly embraced it and learned so much by hearing how you coach other people, or even if it's some, even if it's a topic that doesn't perfectly relate to me, maybe I didn't have that scenario in my life. Mm-hmm. Just seeing the cadence and the thought process that goes into that can be applied in so many ways. And um, I think, you know, because you have so many sessions throughout the week, we can attend. That's so much more powerful than just one session a week of one-on-one coaching, at least for me. I mean, I've been able to embrace that. 
Yes, I feel the same way about the group. Like it's one thing to get my advice and my coaching from my own experience, but to see other people's experience and relate that back to yourself is way more powerful when you have multiple perspectives, multiple backgrounds, multiple people trying all the things and me coaching all of those different scenarios is like, is like amplified versus just the one, one session once a week with one person with one perspective. So I've been, myself have been pleasantly surprised and, and happy and, and loving the group aspect so much for it's fun to do and to see the different people and all the different backgrounds and stories that come through and the impact that we all have collectively. It's just been amazing. So I'm glad yeah. you're here. Thank you. This was great. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks everybody. Oh my gosh. That was so good. Mara, you're a rock star. Thank you so much for, first of all, asking if you could be on the podcast and then being willing to do it without too much thought. You are the bomb. Hey, you all, guess what? I'm actually having another wine-free work week challenge, the same challenge that Mara joined back in the end, I think, December. I'm having one. It starts on March 8th. And if you click through the link in the show notes of this podcast, you can sign up for the next wine-free work week challenge. I only do these like on a quarterly or three times a year basis, and they are super fun. You join me, you take a challenge to go wine-free Monday through Thursday during the work week. I give you a bunch of tools. I do daily coaching in a private Facebook group. You can ask me live questions, get support, connect with other women. There's fun prizes. I give away the grand prize is a pair of Apple iPod ear, earphone thingies, um, tea books. It's so, so fun. So highly encourage you if you have not attended one of those or even if you have to click through to the link in the show notes and sign up to join us in another wine-free work week challenge. And if you don't want to do that, you can join me in my coaching program. I do have spots for a couple more people before that kicks off. Click through, watch the three videos, and get your applications in to join me in Stop Over Drinking and Start Living, my six-month coaching program that will change everything for you. I love you so much. Rock on. Bye.